This is show number 298, and I'm sitting in my car on a very cold and snowy day outside of a brewery. How unusual. But this brewery is situated in Bloomingdale uh, and is in the Old Town area. And as I sit here waiting to go in, uh, I'm looking at a what could be described as an old house in blue and white, proudly sporting the name of the brewery across the top of the entranceway. And there's a delightful porch which has uh, rocking chairs and the such like on it. And I'm waiting to go in and talk with Katie and Chris Wolf, who are the partners creating one of the newest Chicago suburban breweries, Wolf Den Brewing. So, if I get out of my car and carefully walk along the slippery sidewalk, I hope they're inside waiting for us to talk. We'll see you inside. Hi guys, at last we have returned from a rather um, painful recording which I really enjoyed down at the pub. Uh, let's see, it was what, back in November or something like that? It was October, I think yeah. you're right, yeah. Um, and uh, I had what they call uh, technical difficulties, unfortunately. Yeah, what way it goes. Um, so this time around, it's been, well, let's see now, where are we now? We're at the end of January, so it's been quite a few months. You guys have opened up, and actually, uh, when I was looking at um, information about Wolf Den, I came across this in the Daily Herald, which was run March 21st, 2016, and they were talking about a multi-million dollar facelift for Old Town uh, in this area where you're located. And the quote from the article says, ultimately the hope is that Old Town could be transferred into an entertainment and dining area. To achieve that goal, the village in 2014 bought a vacant commercial building, which sits at the southwest corner of Lake and Third, and the two-story building at 112 West Lake Street has stood empty since the housing uh, all temp fireplace store now village officials are trying to find someone to buy the building and open a restaurant there 
So, after 2016, when did you guys get involved and when did the restaurant for Village of Bloomingdale turn into a brew pub? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we probably were looking right around that time for a building. I don't think we were as... We were serious, but I don't think we were um, fully vested in searching at that point. We didn't quite like decide exactly what we were gonna do and like what kind of building we were gonna do it in. We were just open to whatever was available. We were looking at, you know, like industrial buildings, kinda like what everyone else is doing and um Yeah, shopping malls. Yeah. Kinda what you know, seeing what was out there and what could be done. Yeah. So we probably ended up getting really serious about this building in June two thousand Seventeen? Does that sound right? And yeah. Then, or yeah. maybe even sooner than that. But yeah. A little, a little bit sooner. Once but we not found the much. building, we knew it was right. We did. I mean, we walked through and we were like, yep, this is the place. This is what we want to do. Um, and we knew it was a big, scary um, job that we had in front of us. But um, it kind of runs in my blood to want to rehab places because that's what my family has always done so um i just knew it was going to be so much fun and just a crazy ride and it definitely was uh, what, a crazy ride or fun or both both it was a lot of fun and looking back at it i always think like it was so stressful while we were doing it but it was so much fun and it was so cool to be able to design it together and just have complete free reign on every little detail and we're both we both have an artist background so um it was a lot of fun for us to pick it out and Mm -hmm. it was stressful in the moment but once we did it and it kind of came to be what it is now it was just so um so amazing to see it all come together yeah the stress the stress that we felt then building it is actually uh, a lot nicer than the stress we feel now of running it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Right. You, you, you've got a whole different level of it's stress very, now, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Different type of stress. Well, let's go back then to when you first went to Bloomingdale Village and said, hey, we've got an idea for putting, you know, taking this old house, which uh, we'll, we'll kind of go through the rehab process a little bit because last time we talked you had some really interesting stories so i want to make sure we get those recorded this time um so what did how did they like entertain that idea because i don't think bloomingdale has any breweries or anything the closest one is up in roselle right well uh, so and now the closest one is actually down the road uh 25 west at stratford oh right i remember yeah, yeah they're Ma- in the mall Matt are in friends down there yeah yeah, okay. yeah. but so at the time they did the not time exist there was nothing. yeah um and we so we were looking at a few different cities and we have a good friend named brian gay that was uh director of economic development for dupage at the time and he helped us kind of get together with bloomingdale um, he told us that they were looking for a, a brewery to move in. And once we started looking at the properties and we found this one and we saw how awesome the city was to work with, it was a no-brainer, really. So Yeah, they, show, they showed us this property. Um, and it was one of those things where we saw it and, uh, I mean, I, I think we saw the potential in it more than what it was. And we're like, all right, well, we'll... We'll, we'll take on this project as long as it's feasible. And, yeah. And I think that um, 
you know, throughout the craft brewing community, which seems to uh, find out things way ahead of anybody else. Um, oh, they're going to open a brewery here. They're going to open a brewery here. They went, and I think I heard this on Facebook that somebody said, hey, it looked like they're going to open a brewery at this location. And I drove past it because um, I very often go past this way on my way back from work. Um, I work up in Rolling Meadows. And I'm looking, I'm going, well, wait a minute, that's just like a regular looking house. Yeah. But you've turned this into something quite awesome. And, you know, the attention to detail internally is, is quite amazing. Before we go any further, um, obviously, I can't be sitting here talking to you guys without a sample in my hand. So I said to Katie, okay, what do we, what, provide some samples and we'll talk about your beers that you have. But um, I'm drinking down the New England IPA that you have on tap. Um, and I expect you've heard that I, I'm just not a New England IPA fan. So tell us a little bit about uh, about this one. This is called Crimson Fog, right? Yep. Uh, so that one is a slight variant of uh, the other New Englands that we do. The New Englands that we make are uh, a fog series. So the original one is Fog of Dawn, and then I did Fog in the Woods. Uh, and I had this one that I had an idea to do and uh, it didn't turn out how I wanted it when I did it at home so this time around I kind of switched it up just a little bit and had it come out so it's a it's a New England style but it uses some uh, red X malt for the color uh, and a little bit of a maltier flavor uh, same hot profile as the other ones that we do and I added uh, which is um, uh, mosaic citra and centennial is that, is that the core for all new england I, I think it's a pretty standard one it's a it's a pretty no no miss hop combination um so i went with it that it makes the juiciest it new makes england it the IPA. juiciest yes <laughs> um and then i threw uh boysenberry in there to kind of give it a little something different and yeah. to uh to enhance the color to make it more red um, and after it sat for maybe a couple of weeks, the flavors really kind of melted together. Um, and I, I love the way it turned out now, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Is, it a, is it a big seller? It is. If we don't have a New England, as I'm sure you know, if we don't have a New England on tap, you know, we get... We'll hear Lots about of it. feedback. So yeah, we'll hear about it. <laughs> we always You'll have, have people one. like me coming in saying, "Oh, good! I don't see a New England IPA on." Yes, <laughs> well, we're actually the same way in general. Um, I was going to give you a flight with all dark multi beers, but I—that's why I threw that one in just to mix it up. Right. Um, and that is probably out of all the non-multi beers that's our most popular on the list. So that's why I threw that one in. Um, but we have a ton on right now that is brown, dark. You know almost too many at this point i was kind of getting worried that we don't have enough lighter beers for that that customer but we always try to keep a good variety so i, I can't believe that you didn't give me the holiday ale that which was, is the northern well, english brown ale. but look at all the other ones i gave you they're all malty so i just that was the next round i wanted okay. to save one brown yeah, you for can the have, next round you can have more later. Have brown later yeah um, i'd like to suggest then your next fog if you make it like a new england brown ale you can call it fog on the tyne which was uh, a Lindisfarne song. Look them up on Google. Yeah. I'm going back in the 70s here. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know well, we, we were worried that when we put the boysenberry in that the color was going to turn brown. So we had a backup name that was Swamp Fog, but it turned out a little bit more red. Than, I, th I think it's we were... come out really nicely. Um, it's got an excellent uh, look to it because 
you know, it doesn't look like orange juice. And when you taste it, I think it's a little more tart. You know, and maybe yeah, that's the from boys, from boys yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, the, the yeah. berry flavor or like the, the berry skin type of tartness. Yeah. yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. <laughs> and with that small one, I'll take a quick break and come back and we'll talk a little bit more about how you turn this building around. Tell us a little bit about um, when you first walked into this place. Uh, it, it it was a wreck, correct, or was it just uh, empty? Um, well, yeah. squirrels lived here, uh, so yeah, there it was, was a wreck. Of dead mummified squirrels. <laughs> there was too. dead and live squirrels. Oh wow! <laughs> um, yeah, no, the place was a total. It was um, a disaster. It, it looked pretty from maybe the outside. Um, <laughs> from maybe like down the block. Yeah. And I mean, the inside wasn't terrible, but it like on the inside of the walls, there was nothing done correctly. It was all, um, nothing was up to code. So everything had to be completely ripped out. And we just started fresh. We demoed the entire thing. You can see a video. I just posted it a few days ago, actually. I found a video from the day we were demoing. And oh, wow. I mean, completely just torn to nothing it was just it was crazy um yeah i'm sure most of the place was done correctly like over 100 years ago yeah, yeah. right <laughs> and, and that's how old this is right do, do you 18, know the 1851 1851 yep. wow. and it comes with ghosts yeah when you when you think about it that's <laughs> very old for this part of the land yes this right. was yes. one of the first of the homes first that were built yeah. in the area um there's only a handful of them that are left from when they first uh, came here, when they first um, started building this whole area. So most of them have been torn down. Um, it's It takes a lot to renovate them and make them into something that you can actually you know, live in or have a business in. So most people just tear them down. Um, but we, we really love old buildings. We love antiques. It's just always been something that we're interested in. Um, so it That's just spoke to us. That's why you got me here. That's true. Duh. That's exactly why. Yeah, thank you, Chris. <laughs> no, we, I always feel like I was born in the wrong time period. I am so much more um, attracted to things that have, like, more meaning to them and, um, you know, things that weren't mass produced. And mm -hmm. um, they just, it just seems like things were more special back in that time. So. And, w and when you were putting the plans together for this, um, did you envision having a brewery that's downstairs, a viewing gallery, you've got the bar, you've got enormous well, deck, or did that kind of It come all just kind of happened as we were doing it, you know. Uh, we didn't, like, get this property and then look at it and be like, all right, well, we're going to have to have, you know, A, B, and C. Like, that's it. And the architect, you know, did what we said. No, it was more like, here's the building. This is, this what, is what we have to work with. Yeah. You know, like... There's not a whole lot we can do within the constraints of a budget and time. Like the right? the brewery has to be on cement. So there was really no other place to put it other than what was originally the garage area. 
um, we had to have it there because it's too heavy to put anywhere else. Yeah. So did it have a, did it have a cement floor to start with? Yeah, yeah it had a cement really floor. Okay. But we had to rip that up. We had to rip, it, oh, you had to rip it, it up. It was only four inches and it had to be six. So, you know. Yeah. So we ripped up like half of it to, to house the brewery. Um, and then because in order to fit it, you know, we had to rip out half the floor just for the tanks and everything to fit. So that created a, a look down viewing area for, right. for seating. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like one thing that we needed to do led to something else that we, you know, made happen. So I always say it felt like a puzzle that was that we had to just put together piece by piece. There was just everything happened because of the thing that happened before it kind of like it, mm-hmm. it was very difficult to plan out everything from the beginning. Um, and the yard, the yard is like we knew we had that big property, but once we fenced it in. We saw how big it truly was. Oh, and it's I, still wait a minute. so overwhelming. I hear the, I hear the dryer. Yes. Sorry. Is, that, <laughs> is it an airplane? No. Yeah, no, no, it's the hand it's dryer. It's the hand dryer. Yeah, so um, <laughs> the outside area is, is quite magnificent, really, when you consider that you walk in the front door and you think, oh, this is a nice cozy little place. And then as you go to the back of it, you have this wonderful porch and then you can go down the steps and you've got a little area where you've got bags. And now I think you've got a fire pit in there. Mm-hmm. That was last last time I came in, I think it was uh, just being finished off. Yeah. Um, is the grass growing yet? No. <laughs> the grass grew the grass fully in once it snowed. Oh, so, okay, right. Yeah, yeah, we got kind of screwed. I mean, but. it's large enough. You could put up a small skating rink in there. Yes. But oh, sure. I think for... Uh, insurance purposes uh skating and beer yeah. i don't know I mean, uh, a lot know, of broken feet we, we have a lot of ideas we could do mini golf um yeah. you know i'm really all about getting baby goats um chris is not but I, there look, will be goats I, eventually i have no problems with goats. getting them there will be there will be goats the, yeah the, <laughs> okay. the, the problem is acquiring these goats and who's going to take yeah. care of them i just think it'll be fun and they'll eat the grass and we're going to make a little mini model of wolf den and that they can they live they don't in work out they go great in a curry so oh, there no. we go yes, yes. No. um okay I, I know there was a movie there will be blood maybe they should make one there will be goats <laughs> there will be yeah. goats okay when you were doing this though uh, last time we chatted you also talked about how you came across some very interesting stories um and found some very haunting facts about this place he said with an intentional pun <laughs> um yeah we um when we first walked through the building the the village um the board and everybody else that walked through with us, they told us that it was haunted. And, you know, we, we knew people that um, were at the business next door before we came here. And they said the same thing, that it was haunted and they heard lots of stories. And sure enough, we get here and it is definitely haunted. Um, we even know the name of the ghost. Um, it's it's quite a weird story but um we we recently had it saged and um we feel like i think things are feeling a little bit better not that it was ever bad we don't think the ghost was like evil but he was not a nice ghost that's for sure so what happened um well obviously they died to become a ghost but how did they die here or was it just a natural death well we've heard there's been a lot of deaths here but Uh i think it's because this was uh built on an area where the black hawk war went through and it could be something from that um we've heard a lot of different stories but we we've heard multiple times that there's uh children in the cellar there's two kids two ghost kids and then there's a 
older man and an older woman that possibly were married and they're both here. Um, the woman we've always heard died in the well in the back, which we knew there was a well when we moved in. It's covered now. Um, but we actually got confirmation that there was a lady in Bloomingdale in this, on this property that died in a well. So we do know that story is true. Um, I don't know if that's the ghost. Do you have any weird happenings whilst you were like yeah, re- rehabbing this place? We've had a lot of stuff. Um, my uncle was here by himself one day. He was the, He's the carpenter for the entire building. Um, and he was working downstairs and had an electrical cord I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say thrown at him, but thrown down to his level when all the walls were open and he had no idea it was haunted. So he just kind of like ignored it and didn't say anything because he just didn't want to think about what it could be. (laughs) And then once we told him, he was like, oh, that makes sense. This happened, you know? Um, And then when we were all finished building it, we did a few, um, like we did a ghost hunt, I guess. And uh, we had this little device that you can speak to ghosts through and we had the ghost respond to a few things that we asked um which was very interesting so we have it on audio we've recorded it so it's pretty spooky um and then we actually asked the ghost to move things which i did not ask because i was not about that but um the the girl that we were with she asked the ghost to move things and he in fact moved things so we so you knew it was a man yes yes was that a ouija board no. It was a oh. spirit box. It's oh, called spirit okay. box. Yeah. I got one of them, but it's got gin and tonic in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of the beverages, I've grabbed my second sample you provided. This is one of my favorite styles that hasn't really kind of made an impact as far as I can tell for some reason, it's but I love it. Too. It's a black IPA. Tell us about this one. Uh, so Muddy Paws, as we named this one, uh, you know, we just always wanted to do a black IPA. Uh, it's something that I feel not a lot of breweries do, uh, or if they do do, it's uh, not very popular. Uh, it's one of those styles that, you know, was popular way back when and then died off, and now it's just trying to find its place. And, I think it confuses you know. people because they're like, well, if I like IPAs, I don't like malty, and if I don't, if you know, if I like darker malty beers, then I don't necessarily like IPAs. But it's it's for that that beer lover that just loves everything and that's how i see it okay so can you get any more confusing than having something that looks like orange juice has so much fruit in it but yet they call it an india pale ale (laughs) no Uh, there was a shaking of the head (laughs) so i i think all these styles are just yeah if you make something that people enjoy then then hey and if it's a good seller why not yeah. make it this once is in a while? definitely kinda, my favorite. Yeah. Whenever I can't decide if I want a dark beer or an IPA, it's it's like oh duh, I'll just have the black IPA because it's right in the middle. It makes it it uh makes me happy on yeah, all levels. Yeah, I, I feel it's nicely <laughs> it's nicely balanced. It's not you know uh, overly bitter from right. the hops or anything. It's not overly roasty, which a lot no. of them are. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's I think why I like it because I do get a level of bitterness, I do get a touch of roastiness, so it's the best of both worlds, and it's certainly got a lot of carbonation um, compared to let's say a mild or you know brown ale, which should be a little tempered down, I think. Anyway, um, this is this is what you get. I mean, it's as advertised, so this is a good one. Has some muddy pores. So uh, speaking of muddy pores, you did in fact. Um, make a theme in this uh brewery mm-hmm. 
where of course the name being Wolf Den. So we'll take a quick break, come back and talk a little bit how you have expanded upon that. So your theme here, and obviously we, we, we kind of know why that was, because your last name is Wolf, <laughs> um, and you called it Wolf Den. Um, so you've gone with that theme. Talk a little bit about how you decided to create the ambiance inside the brewery. Um, for example, you've, your, your bar is unique, and as you walk in, there's kind of a little area which I think you called a snug, if mm-hmm. I'm correct. Yes. Which is really snug. good because snugs in England are vastly going out of uh, out of style as yeah. all the pubs close down, and that's where we're actually sitting now in the little snug, which has a fireplace and comfy chairs Snuggly. and what have you. Um, <laughs> so talk a little bit about the details that you put into mm-hmm. this place. Um, so we really wanted to create a place that was really comfortable and homey feeling. Um, we wanted to make it feel a little bit different than most breweries where it's just really comfortable and it feels like when you get off work and you're stressed out, you can just go here and feel totally relaxed and feel like you're on a little mini vacation. That's always been the idea behind everything we've done. So everything down to the seating, we want to make sure the seating's super comfortable. So there's no metal chairs, everything's wood and padded and leather. Um, and then just the feel of wood in general. Um, I've always loved wood. Um, I've always wanted to live in places that had lots of trees around it. It's just something that I think both of us really love. And not um, necessarily just like, you know, uh, found reclaimed wood or, you know, barn wood that you see like basically everywhere, but, you know, nice oak, uh, like our bar tops are walnut. You know, we have some reclaimed stuff, but it's mixed in with new stuff. Um, so it's got like a warm feeling to it. We're always inspired by lodges, uh, small getaways in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. like older things. You know, I, I just think like we've visited so many different breweries and it just felt like there's a lot of concrete or metal and they all ended up at the end just kind of feeling the same and cold uh, and just like in a warehouse type feeling. Um, and we, we just knew we didn't want that. Uh, There's nothing wrong with it. We, you know, we like that. And we've obviously always been going to breweries and attracted to that too. But like, we just wanted to do something Something a different. little bit different. Yeah. And, 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 and you're not mentioning it, but in, inlaid in the top of your bar is what you might consider to be um, a rock a river. river. A rock river, yeah, which you <laughs> yeah. put clear acrylic over. So when you come in, it's all smooth, but you just look at it and go, wow, that goes all the way around the bar, Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, mm. we just liked, I mean, we wanted to make um, a place that had a lot of cohesion. And I don't know if that's just with the our background of um, being in art. I mean, I came from fashion design and... Um, you know, from my background, I always learned how to design in a collection and make sure things are cohesive. And so I kind of, I think that is really apparent in here because everything goes together. Everything 
there's a like a that theme throughout the entire place, either woodland or wolf or some kind of lodge feeling. Um, and that was just really important to me to make sure everything flowed and felt cohesive. And one of the details I really liked around the bar was the fact that you had plugs underneath the bar and in each of the plugs you've got a USB mm -hmm. port so you can charge your phone if you want to. Well, it's, just, it's just that little detail. Chris has a tech background, so yeah, oh, you know. Oh, you did that. Yeah. Okay, good man, good man. <laughs> and, you know, we also felt that, like, today... Uh, you know the local brewery or brew pub is is the new coffee shop mm -hmm. you know lots of people just want to come and hang out and just enjoy they some work beer. And at they the work, bar and you they know work people at pull out their laptops you know so. so we just wanted to make that more inviting and and, and the, one of the nice things that we talked about was that you go up some stairs and you have almost like on the second floor i guess it was originally the second floor you've got this area where you can uh, stand and overlook down onto the brewery. Yeah, you get an eagle eye view. Have you had anybody cool. drop their beer over the top? Nope. I mean, we had it. people spill it down the wall, but nobody's dropped it. Yeah. Uh, I must uh, not uh -oh, have. You I must not have, then. <laughs> I must no, not I have had, seen that. We happen. had to wash the wall going down behind the the tanks. Oh, yeah. Somebody dripped right. down the wall. Um, but yeah, no one's dropped a glass yeah. yet. No one's dropped anything down there. Which is good. Some balloons yeah. fell, and that's about it. And, 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 you, and you repurposed a ladder because hanging over the top of your brewing area, I think, is an old ladder, right? What, we found that on the property. That? Come we, we found the, the ladder on the property, and then, you know, Chris is Polish, so he's like a MacGyver and can figure out anything. So uh, I was like, we should make this ladder into a chandelier. And he's like, okay. And then uh, she's failing to mention. I also have a background in sculpture, so I kind of would look at things like that and try to figure out something new to do with it. But the electron, the electrical. But yeah, figuring out how to wire it all. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, definitely. Right. Um, he just that figured was it out. Yeah, I, I think background. this place is full of little touches like that, which is is really nice. Now we're up in up in the overlooking down the brewery area, so I'm going to bring out my next sample that you've kindly provided, and this one is the. Uh, Raspberry Mighty Fang. Raspberry what? Mighty Fang. Mighty it's fang. a Scotch okay. ale. A Scotch ale. So my first um, thought when I touched it, when I went to taste this was, is this going to be a nice earthy Scotch ale? Which is, I think, the sign of a good Scotch ale. It's not going to be too bad, but you know, when I say earthy, it's got that slight thing to it that goes oh this is kind of you know mm -hmm. smoky good PD. right yeah yeah mm -hmm. and yes it does it's really good and then the raspberry is very very subtle in this which is nice but you can just taste it in the background so well done on this one um do you do other types of scotch ales uh no mighty fang is uh you know it's the it's the scotch ale that we do and uh, the very the variants of it are the one with raspberry and then a barrel aged version of it um, that we do in uh, rye whiskey barrels. From Journeyman. So, yeah, this this previous one was done from uh, Journeyman barrels. Um, Which is a beautiful place. If you haven't gone, check it out. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your brewery then. Uh, give us the specs on it. Uh, so it's a seven barrel brew house. Uh, I have four fermenters down there and one bright tank. Um, and we're pushing out maybe 56 barrels a month out of that thing. Um, is, that, is that a lot in general? I don't think it's very much at all, but it's good for brew pub. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's pretty good for our size, for what yeah. we have here. 
Uh, I mean, we have 10 different beers on tap at a time, um, which is a lot, you know, to have. Um, but other than that, I mean, it, it's small. It's it's cramped on there. You know, it's less than 500 square feet. Um, but it's not bad because you can get around, get to everything you need to do. Did, did you have any problems bringing in the equipment to an older building? Because I know when Pollyanna went into their place i mean that wasn't even a an old building but they had to get some special doors put in so they could bring in the tanks a yeah. little bit bigger i understand but yeah you know plus, you've got an old house yeah pollyanna's it they got a beautiful brewery over in lamont and it's it's a very special case because of how it's built and the different levels there i still don't understand how they got their i don't in. know how they did it's amazing either, but very they did careful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, that was probably the scariest day of both of our lives, watching the tanks come out of the car or come out of the truck, the truck, yeah. and watch it go down the driveway, and knowing how much it costs, it's it, we couldn't even breathe. It was so scary. Yeah. Um, but getting them in wasn't really that bad because mm-hmm. the brewery itself is, you know, on the same level as the outside as the driveway, so. All they had to do is just bring in all the tanks on the forklift and then set them up inside. Uh, because it's so small, the floor space is so small, it was a little tight, you know, having, you know, getting them upright and kind of shimmied into place. But, I mean, for the most part, it was pretty easy. It was easy because between you, my uncle, our architect, you guys were so meticulous about exact measurements of where everything was going and i mean i feel like we redid the design so many times and my uncle was just he is so um particular about things he actually drew out on the floor like circles in painter's tape exactly where every single tank was supposed to go and i mean he took uh i i had the blueprints for this building and i spent about six months uh between myself and American Beer Equipment, who manufactured oh, our course, stuff. Oh, of course, yeah, I didn't uh, mention them, but yeah, we spent they helped a lot. We spent a good six months trying to figure out how to fit everything, make it all work, and the day that we got everything in, you know, it all fit within a few inches of what I had designed out, which was an amazing feeling, and it was definitely helpful with her uncle who came through with uh, putting all the measurements on the floor and just kind of like taping it out. And letting us see like where everything is going to be, you know, these tanks are going to be here. You got enough room. And should we move this? Should we move that? And then the day everything came, just set it right down, and it was that was it. It's done. And then, and the proof is in the planning, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's good. So now you're you're caref- you're all installed in there, and uh, you're brewing every week, every yep. Monday, right? Every Monday now. Um, mm-hmm. And we were talking earlier and I said, well, are you brewing a lot of the same stuff? And you said, no, I brew something different every week. So tell us a little bit about what, what some of your favorite beers are to brew. Uh, well, I definitely like brewing our pale ale, um, just cause of the hop additions, uh, and, and the fact that like, you know, I happen to see that beer come out clear, you know, into the boil kettle before you start throwing stuff in there. It's like, that, it just feels good to see that. Um, but I mean, I think I have fun brewing every beer that we do, uh, for different reasons, you know, the excitement has not worn, worn off yet. At yeah, all. no, definitely <laughs> not yet. Um, I mean, there's some beers that are more difficult to do, uh, that, you know, labor wise, 
for me and my team, we don't look forward to doing uh, like New England IPAs. The mash, oh, and, I think like, you just stop those. Right yeah. away. No. <laughs> no, but like, but the grain, have the I grain bill. Before? You have. Yeah, sorry. The, uh, but the grain bill on those, you know, with all the flaked oat and wheat, like it's very dense. It's just very heavy, you know, yeah. and they gotta they gotta like shovel all that stuff out and like you know we have forklifts and everything and fine but like it's just a lot more labor intensive to do stuff like that do you have any specific grains or hops that you like to work with that really oh i love working with this hop it gives it just that extra flavor or probably enigma my favorite enigma is definitely our favorite hop what are the characteristics of enigma all right so it's very uh, like stone fruit um yeah, it's okay. not, you know, it's it's tropical. But it's still earthy but it's and earthy. piney. Yeah, it's it not like your, your like pineapple grapefruit kind no, of stuff. You I know, don't like that. Let me go back to when you first opened. You had an IPA on tap that I said was just my right in my wheelhouse, which, because it was very piney, kind of approaching scavenger? Uh, the Centennial IPA from Founders. Uh-huh. What was it called? Scavenger? Probably scavenger. Know, it's probably scavenger. scavenger. And I yeah. said to you, I'll oh, carry on brewing this. And you said, eh, that one's no good. It'll be a lot better next time if I do it again. And it was. Yeah. And, and, and it you was did better. it again and it was better? Yeah. So oh, much better. Yeah. I don't know how much more better you can get. I, that's just hits me. Those those type of IPAs are great. I love the piney. We love the West and, Coast. Yeah. And the beautiful copper, bright, that's clear probably, copper. You know? Yeah, it's yes. probably my favorite type. It's like a copper-colored IPA. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. Suburban Hazard is the the one that is like the better version of that. So we'll hopefully, when are you brewing that again? Uh, I'm going to do that one again in March. March. You'll have to come back after that because that's that's the elevated version. All right. uh, Quick break. Come back. We'll talk about um, some of the other factors in your brewery here that I want to find out about. Yeah, I'm a lone wolf. They like to shoot at me, but they... Chris, yes, sir. just come out today was something from a blog called The Burnt Out Beer Guy. And uh, he has uh, produced a rather interesting article which talks about the variety of beers that have been produced and why it is that every week people come back and say, oh man, do you have something different? Do you have something new? And we talked about the fact you're brewing new beers, but do you think that the craft beer industry has burnt out on certain styles and perhaps maybe we need to go back to some of the traditional ones i'm not too sure that it's the industry as much as it is the consumers um i you know i don't know if you want to put that all together but uh, i think of it as separate because like as a brewer and talking to other brewers it's you know, there's certain styles that we want to be able to do and that we want to be able to produce, um, but the consumer base isn't quite there. And that's what really, that's what drives it. You know, like if somebody comes in and, and they want, you know, the new hazy thing or the newest thing, or what have you done for me lately? Then that's what we got to do. 
you know, because at the end of the day, like, it's a business, you know, you have to make money. We have this conversation all the time, and yep. it's so hard because we both love a lot of styles that aren't necessarily super popular. I mean, we're probably going to have three brown ales on at one time, and we know that's not a popular style, but we love it, and we think what we produce is good. It's just the consumer is not they it's not cool to like brown ales it's not popular you know like so it doesn't i guess it doesn't translate and yeah we love it so and, and, <laughs> I, bet I, and I was actually trying another <laughs> sample but seeing as you brought brought up brown ales what is this one called that i have this here? is the holiday ale and that is a northern English <laughs> brown northern ale. English brown ale. I like, I like a good brown ale from up north. <laughs> Vanilla, hazelnut, and mulling spices. So it's oh, a little okay. spicy. But Hang on. I don't think the lads in Newcastle would. <laughs> oh, no, it's definitely not your standard. You get the vanilla and hazelnut more than anything, I think. Yeah. Um, interesting. Wow. Yeah I, I just, <laughs> yeah, I definitely get the vanilla, uh -uh. but I think you're right that uh, I'm getting something that's not quite vanilla, and I'm sure that's the hazelnut, yeah. right? Yeah. That's affecting that. Okay, carry on about your brown ales whilst I'm find, <laughs> trying to find the brown ale piece. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that beer, I, I just used the brown ales base, and then I wanted to flavor it with, you know, different holiday flavors. That you could like a have Christmas ale, like a Christmas ale, but yeah. And I, and I think actually, um, based on what you made it for, that's really, really. I'm getting those little um, what mulling spices or yeah. something, was it? Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. kind of it kind of comes out in the end, yeah, yeah. And that and it's very muted though, so it's not over the top, something a little different. Go down real well with a nice piece of Christmas pudding, mm. that's what I say. <laughs> that, that was my plan. <laughs> um, and while we talk about food and beer, you guys have have also introduced something into here that a lot of other places don't do, and that's you don't have trucks come by. Well, you may have trucks come by, but a lot of the time you're doing your own little food. It's not a full restaurant type of thing, but yeah. it's really, from what I've seen, it's really nice it's pairings, appetizers, little appetizers and things. So, so talk a little bit about the one that I think you, didn't you start off with a pierogi that a relation made or something <laughs> yeah. yeah my mom and grandma would come in and uh they'd make pierogies like once a week uh which was great um but then i think because we were doing it once a week kind of fizzled uh, out it kind of fizzled out because people oh. knew they're like oh i can always get pierogies over there and it's a labor of love to make pierogies so it was a lot of work for them yeah. and after a few weeks of us having a lot left over that didn't sell out i mean it also was you know the transitional time for seasons and it got crappy outside and no one wanted to come out so it's the typical slow season for breweries and bars and i just think all of that it just we just decided to take it off the menu for a little bit and then you know, hopefully the demand would come back and we'd bring it back, right. which we did. We brought it back um, a, one Saturday mm -hmm. about a month ago, and it was it did we did well with it. So, um, you know, we we try to do food. Um, it is really difficult, honestly, to do food. Um, I've struggled from day one. Um, <laughs> no one wants to work in the food industry right now. All no, right. So there's that aspect, but um, but it also I think didn't you do some sort of a charcuterie? Yes. Plates at one time, and I yeah, think charcuterie. Right oh, you have that yeah. right now. Yeah. Okay, Standard. good. Because yeah. that real, I think charcuterie 
and cheese yes. is just superb to sit down with a couple of beers and just oh, yeah. snack on that. And it just really goes well. That's always been our favorite thing, too. So, yeah. And it's not anything uh, like crazy fancy or, you know, has like all sorts of weird meats on there. And it's just standard Standard stuff like nice sausages, nice, nice, sausages. nice cheeses. Sausage? <laughs> They're nice. They're mild. They're yeah, mild. But you know, yeah. like good sausage meat and good, yeah. good cheeses, and just but nothing that's like over the top. Then we have you know our, one of our other big things on the menu is a cheddar stuffed pretzel. We have artichoke Ooh. dip. So we try to come up you know with our favorite things. That's how we've yeah. always thought about everything. Like what do we love? What you know? What is our favorite thing to do or eat? And that's how we've kind of molded our business. Hopefully other people would enjoy it. Yeah. So everything, pretty much everything on the menu has cheese on it. That's probably my fault. And, um, (laughs) but we do have food trucks come in. Um, We try to do them Saturdays once in a while. And then we have um, a lot of pop-up restaurants come in. So instead of having a truck, it's just a business that comes in and sets up a table and serves whatever their food, their type of food is. Um, And we've been doing pretty good with that. So we try to just change it up all the time. And you've done a lot of events. You haven't just had, you know, entertainment on a Saturday. And I think you recently posted a Facebook video of this guy who was playing his guitar through a throng of people. You were yeah. packed here. Uh, I think this it was on a Saturday. This past weekend, yeah. Past it was weekend, great. Yeah. Nick. But you've also done other things like pre-Christmas you had... Um, what was it? Crafts and craft brews fair. or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to do a lot of different cool events. Um, this week, I'm so excited. We have a pickle party. A what? A pickle party. You heard it. So. <laughs> Explain. Discuss. Um, okay, so I've always wanted to pickle my own food and I never got around to it and I always talked to people about it and working at Noon Whistle where I used to work I always felt like people were always it always just came up at the bar and same thing here like people just talk about how they want to pickle but they don't know how to do it so I was like well why don't we just have a pickle party and we're having a friend of ours come in he's gonna um teach people what goes into pickling we're gonna actually put the brine in a keg and (laughs) have a buffet of vegetables and pickled vegetables i hope no they're well they're well, gonna pickle they're, them so yeah. it's pickle them. we're going to put out the buffet of vegetables and we're gonna have like a you know hard-boiled eggs and then we're actually gonna do fruit too and then the people that signed up for it they get two jars two ball jars they can throw whatever they want in it and then they also get to throw in their own spices so we're gonna have like a buffet of spices they can make their own little recipes and then um they get to fill up the jar with the brine which is kegged so they get actually tap the keg and uh pour it into the little ball jars from that and then they're gonna let them pickle and then we're gonna come back in a few weeks and all share our pickled food and and you know of course in english pubs pickled eggs yeah we're gonna do uh, hard-boiled eggs uh, because you got the hard board there yeah Yeah. which people go pickled eggs oh oh, man i tell you what that's i have a whole list of crazy food that we're gonna do and it took off like we I filled up the first class within like two weeks I had a waiting list for the second class and at this point I have the second class completely booked and we're on to the third and I haven't even posted about a second class yet so people like pickling and mm-hmm. I'm do. excited and they like they like the end product as well yeah, yeah. You know, so we, we so. try to do cool different things you know we try to 
like do something that's different from what everybody else is doing. That's just I don't know. I come up with different weird. And then events. being in this old town area, the surrounding businesses here, you've got restaurants. It used to be quite an artsy, craftsy area. When it seems to be coming back a little bit, so it's part of that, you know, shot in the arm that Bloomingdale's giving it. Yeah. yeah. So that sort of thing kind of fits in real nicely here although how many of the bald-headed uh, bearded uh, craft beard nerds are going to come to your pickling class i don't know we'll see well <laughs> we have a lot of events lined up for those types of men oh, <laughs> or women yeah, you, bald-headed there's, bearded yeah there's yeah. bald-headed yeah. bearded women hey, out there. Um, we're equal opportunity yeah, on this podcast totally. so. I, i'm actually planning on a man vent this is kind of under wraps but i'm planning a man vent which we're going to call the man. manliest event ever known to man no just it's gonna be fun it's funny it's supposed to be kind of like silly but we're gonna have like you know somebody there to trim your beard we're gonna have beard oils for sale um meats cheeses we're gonna have chris (laughs) decided we should have a chainsaw what is the guy called that makes chainsaw art or whatever chainsaw sculpting chainsaw sculpting just like sculpt something out of a a tree trunk um Mm. there will be grilling smoking um you know just everything that men like (laughs) yes Do you have any say in this, Chris? Actually, this is all her. Oh, I okay. Mean, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Well, we did the craft Wasn't fair. That, isn't that a movie, What Men Want? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I did the craft fair, and it was definitely, like, a lot of ladies that came. And so I had a few people that were like, oh, you should do something like this, but really geared towards men. And at first, I thought it was just funny. And then I'm like, I should. I should have a man vent. So, Yeah. That's going to happen. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. There's going to be a ton of really fun things we do over the summer. I'm excited. I'm going to uh, have a talent show, which I'm super excited about. It's just going to be a fun, like, day-long event where people can just come and we'll have a stage. And We'll do plenty of more things with dogs. Oh, gosh, yeah. The, oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Get goats. the canine bit in there. Uh-huh. Um, so <laughs> from the aspect of um, your outside area... I can see that you can do a lot of stuff in uh, the summer months, right? You talked about putting a stage up. Is that outside? We're going to do... I think we might end up doing like a permanent stage. It just makes sense. When is your first anniversary? Uh, It'll be in August. August, yeah. In August. Okay, so prime time for outdoors. Uh, Let's talk about what are you going to be brewing special for that? Any thoughts now? Because if it's going to be something barrel-aged, you've got to think now, right? No, kidding me I can't, huh? I can't think that far we're still oh, trying okay. to figure out next week i have people ask me that all the time like what are your events for the summer and i'm like um i'm just figuring out events for the next month right now okay. so yeah i mean it's just a part of like learning how to run a business it there's eventually i'll get the hang of it and be able to plan that far in advance but for right now it is I, I the think, furthest I think we you have got is the hang April. of it already uh, okay yeah, yeah i tell you thank you now do you have uh, Back to the. I want to go back to the barrels, of course, because you know we are a craft beer here. Um, um, You've got barrel aging going on, and uh, we talked a little bit about a barrel aged beer you brought down in a bottle when we did our first aborted attempt at recording this, and then you put it put it on uh, earlier or at the opening or something like that. A few months back. Yeah, right. What was that called? Uh, Barrel aged mighty fang. Barrel aged. Barrel aged Mighty Fang. Mighty scotch Fang. Okay, another one's a Fang it's our, series. Yeah, it's our Scotch Ale. It uh, was uh, out of the one. The one I had, and and I have to say, I didn't connect the two, but I know out of the bottle, I thought it was one of the most 
flavoursome and great barrel-aged beer that's had for a long time. So, have you got a program going on where you're going to do a lot of this? Well, uh, different beers that you're producing? Yes, I mean, right now I have uh, more of the Mighty Fang barrel-aging. It uh, should be released in the next month or so. Uh, I have our um, our milk stout with coffee, cinnamon, and vanilla, mm. uh, and that's barrel aging right now. That's going to be good. Um, we just brewed a Russian Imperial that's going to go into some uh, bourbon barrels. Uh, and that's that's copper be, fiddle, right? Yeah, that's copper fiddle barrels. Our, uh, barrels from copper fiddle. Uh, that's going to have tiramisu in it. Uh, Any we, different barrels? You know, whiskey, rye. Well, so like some. So, so from like Journeyman, mm-hmm. I have uh, rye whiskey okay. and wheat whiskey, uh, and then from copper fiddle, it's bourbon. Um, and then we just brewed last week. Uh, we're doing a collaboration with Pollyanna up the road. Um, so, yeah, the Roselle location. Yeah. Um, so what we're doing is a sour quad, uh, and we're each brewing it with different fruits. So they're doing theirs with raspberry. Uh, I'm doing ours with plum, and Ooh, we're gonna release. Nice. Yeah, we're gonna, gonna release the uh, the base version uh, February 16th, but half of it is gonna be aged in Linfrid wine barrels. Ah. Linfrid again, right up the road. Right up the road again. Yep. Yeah, Bloomingdale Road. Yeah. Yep. So they're going to have their raspberry. We're going to have our plum aged in its Chardonnay barrels from Linford. Uh, and that'll be released, you know, probably in the fall. So are you, you going to put any of your beer in? I know, know you have growlers and crowlers, but are you going to put any into cans, bottles, you know, the special releases? Uh, bottles, we might work something out to be able to do that. Uh, I'd like to be able to do it with this collaboration that we're doing. Um, but as far as canning goes, uh, right now we're just not we're not thinking about that because I know we don't have the room for it to be able to do anything on our own. So we have to be mobile canning, um, and we're just really focused on on the kegs and getting the beer out here. And we're focusing on distribution soon, so we're not really looking into the bottling aspect of things yet. Yeah, it's just one step at a time. Like we're yeah. just starting to think about distribution and. Um, that's really like our goal for this next month to figure that out and actually get our stuff into some restaurants and bars around here because we've had a lot of interest and we really want to get that going. So that's definitely the first step. And then once we kind of get the hang of that, you know, then we'll probably move on to figuring out mobile canning. Um, I, I think that's a really good business model because if you look at flesh brewing up in Barrington, you know, they moved from Lombard, they stopped brewing for a while. Now they're, you know, just, just doing their uh, brew pub, but they are also putting out some limited bottles. And I remember, I remember Will said, no, we're never going to do bottles, just crowds. And now they're doing bottles. But yeah, if you can keep something really specific and have something special and, and, continue to have a thriving business that means i think a lot more to people these days so you know i the first time if i can we're coming up to the end of our show here we've gone long on this last segment by the way i moved on to dwtd which is dance with the devil and what's in it uh anjo chili and chocolate it's a stout it's a stout and a stout Mm -hmm. and those anjo chilies are just deliciously subtly smoky on the bottom and you're right there is no heat on that one yeah uh, it's just uh, I, this is brilliant <laughs> oh, 
you should bottle this one um but so when i first walked into your place you know it was a couple of i think maybe even on your soft opening i think it was and i said this is brilliant this reminds me of how an old english pub or not an old english pub but a pub that has got some character has i walked in you have this beautiful snug area um with this these birch tree um dividers if you will um and sitting at the bar you kind of get a feeling of uh camaraderie you know chat people up there now there's not many people in tonight we're on a tuesday night but you know people have drifted in and they're all having a good time chatting and I think that's more important to be able to come into a place and enjoy the ambiance, enjoy a beer. That's why we don't have tons of TVs. Yep. That we we think that's so important yep. to just and everybody enjoy each other's company. And it always turns into a big conversation at the bar, which I love. Just the one little last thing that we feel like is really important about our place. Um, we try to be sustainable in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, when we were developing the building and the, the business, we always had that in mind. Um, everything's like LED lights and um, we try to not use a lot of paper products. So all of our kitchenware is you know, you're gonna. It's no. There's no paper plates. No paper towels. Um, no napkins. No paper napkins. We do have toilet paper. Well, we Unfortunately, toilet we paper. had to do that. No, I'm kidding. Well, you, gotta, you gotta have toilet paper. Either that, or you, you gotta have toilet rags. Piece toilet of grass or something yeah. or whatever. You know. But like, we have only blow dryers. There's no paper towels. So it's you have good dryers. Yes. I've heard them several yes. times. You can hear. You can hear how good they are. Yes. Um, but yeah, we, we really tried to be as sustainable as possible and eventually we want to get a biodigester in our backyard so we can throw the grains in there and produce, um, what's the gas that heats, well, we can use for... It produces uh, methane. So you do a biodigester and it will eat any kind of organic... Uh, and the goats will help. The yeah, yes, the right. goats will help. Yeah, it's so, all part of the plan. Yeah, so it'll do that and it'll create methane and then you can use the methane to power a, an electric generator, which will in turn power the lights here. But again, yeah. you know, renewable energy like that on a small scale is expensive. So We'll get there eventually. We'll get there. It's just things that we and solar panels. We Yeah, the solar panels. Like <laughs> We couldn't do those things uh when we were opening yeah yeah on our budget so it's one of those things that we'll get there eventually but it's always on the forefront Mm -hmm. and so actually a question i didn't ask you was do you think you've been successful in the what four or five months that you've been open do you think it's it's been good for you you see a bright future it's definitely been on par with our plan the which is probably one of the greatest things you could ask for uh but the fact that we opened so late in the summer it's uh, so hard to tell whether it's like changed it's definitely hard to tell because you know it is a slow season and you know some of the nights that we are slower we that's what we like to think is that well you know it's the weather is pretty bad outside i don't think a lot of people are going out anywhere and people are still learning about us so learning about us you know yeah and it's tough to to be a new place in the middle of winter you know, and expect like everybody to come out for everything. But, you know, when we do have events on the weekends and see how people come out, like we're only, we're hoping, you know, in the summer and the warmer months that we're going to see that same kind of thing, but more often. Yeah. And so I think after being open a year, we'll really know, you know, have a full spring and summer yeah. under our belts. 
Well, maybe maybe you're going to get that trolley, that little trolley that runs from Wolf Den to Rosalair. Oh to yeah, Church we Street. are. Yep. It's in the works. Yeah, it's in the works. I'll come drive it. <laughs> sure. Wait a minute. I don't have a trolley driving license. <laughs> That's alright. You just fake it till you make it. Don't, yeah. don't all, everyone? Don't all Englishmen have a trolley license? <laughs> a trolley license? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I can't remember when they used to have trolleys in my part of the world. They did in London, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's got a while. Yeah. Mm, interesting. <laughs> so I think I think you guys are, you know, it's a, it's, it's a really special place you have here. And Chris, you make great beer. Thank I mean, you. you know, I'm tasting it here and I've, I don't, I think the only one that I haven't really enjoyed is the ones that have the cinnamon in it. <laughs> There's one of my hates, the cinnamon. But even the New England IPA, um, I could see where you're going with that, and that's a little bit different, and certainly you know, I'd, I'd enjoy having one of those, you know, but you, you do make some excellent dark beers, which you've got on tap here. Um, what can you say to people except where the hell are you? How can they get hold of you? <laughs> How can they get a hold of us? Um, I mean, we, on Facebook, you know, we're, we're kind of open in every way. Like, we're, you can call us, you can email us, whatever you guys. You can find all the information at uh, wolfdenbrewing.com. The address? Yeah, www.wolfdenbrewing.com. No, I meant the address of the building. <laughs> it's there. Blooming, oh, well, okay. Bloomingdale. We're, we're at 112 West Lake Street in Bloomingdale. Um, okay. It's just south of Schaumburg. I'm, I'm going to ask Chris this question. Do you know the phone number? Yeah. Yeah. It's 847-610-5117. I still right. don't Good even know man. that. <laughs> we are so many uh, brewers in their place. What's the phone number? They go, I don't know. You know well, because you never call it. You <laughs> yeah, know, right. They just assigned it to us, and then we put it on the on Facebook and Google, and then I never thought about it again. So. Well, now I'm worried. Is that even our phone number? I don't Let's, even know. Well, I, I have to say I raised my Google. glass to you. Uh, you've got a glass, right? There we go. We'll raise our glasses. We all, we all glasses. And thanks a lot for this second go around. The first one was a real disaster, <laughs> I know. Sorry. We've eventually na- nailed you down. And thanks a lot for opening up Wolf Den because it's one of my us. favorite places for a long time. Thank so, you so cheers. much. Thank cheers. You. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Lovely. Britain Yankee. I'll have a bite, Yankee. Go, give us a pint. You got any tetanus? Uh, a pint, please, Barbara. Give me another pint, please, Barbara.